The Essence of Tea, Episode 20. Welcome. You are listening to The Essence of Tea Podcast, where we share about the world of tea with you. From tea tastings to tea history and culture to tea education, health, and wellness, The Essence of Tea is your tea companion through your personal transformation and growth. I'm your host, Jenny Jie. Now let's get started. Well, welcome everyone to the Essence of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Jie, the owner and founder of Sipping Streams Tea Company. And I'm super, super excited to welcome our special guest, Bonnie Giller, who is a registered and certified dietitian nutritionist, a certified diabetes care and education specialist, and a certified intuitive eating counselor. She has a master's of science degree in clinical nutrition and has worked in the medical nutrition therapy and counseling for over 33 years. Bonnie helps chronic dieters and people with medical conditions like diabetes develop trust with themselves and food so they can break free of dieting and live a life to the fullest. Bonnie, welcome. We are so excited to have you today. And why don't you share a little bit more about who you are and how you got started? Thank you so much, Jenny. And I'm really excited to be here today to talk about my passion, which is intuitive eating. And uh, we'll definitely get more into what that is. Uh, So a little bit about me and my background. So yes, I am a registered dietitian nutritionist. I am in private practice now over 33 years. Hard to believe it's that long. Um, You know, when I got into nutrition all those years ago, um, I was taught in school a certain way to help my clients. And most of that way was, you know, everything all surrounded around weight loss, right? Because if we mm-hmm. want to be quote unquote healthy or um, live up to what society tells us as women, we should look like, you know, we've got to change the shape and size of our body. And so in my early years, um, I mean, I never... I never demonized any foods. I never had people eliminate major food groups as a way to lose weight. But I will say that I did in the early years create meal plans, which would help people, you know, shed the excess weight. The problem with that is that, you know, whether it was six months later, a year later, three years later, they'd call me back. And they'd say, hey, body, I need to come back in. And I'd be like, why? Well, I regained the weight. I need a new meal plan. And it it didn't sit right for me. And so it's really when I started to delve into some of the research and um, I realized that, you know, yes, while some people were able to make the behavioral changes um, to maintain that new weight, most people were not. And um, they had a very strong diet mentality. And that's when I started to um, research all about intuitive eating, right? This anti-diet approach. And it, honestly, it first, it felt really odd to me because I didn't learn that. I was like, well, how do I counsel clients and not give a diet? Like it didn't make any sense to me. But over time, I really learned, I actually trained under um, one of the Intuitive Eater co-creators, a registered dietitian, Evelyn Triboli, and I got supervision from her and I actually incorporated intuitive eating into my own life because what became very apparent to me is that even though I was, you know, eating a very healthy diet, I was, you know, following a meal plan, I really was enjoying all foods, I really wasn't. I realized that I was actually 
I had a diet mentality because if my kids would give me an anniversary cake or a birthday cake, it would be like, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, I, I want to, I don't want to. And I realized, holy cow, like, I guess I'm a hidden dieter. And I didn't really think about that um, until I learned about intuitive eating. And so I incorporated all the principles of intuitive eating into my life and it was so freeing and, you know, it was an amazing feeling. And I said, this is really the antidote to dieting and restriction and eating disorders and and disordered eating behaviors. And I have to bring it to my clientele. And so my practice really has shifted tremendously and it really brings people just so much more freedom around food and their bodies. Um, So that's a little bit about me and my, you know, my journeying through my 33 years of practice. I mean, you must love what you're doing if it's just blown by. I mean, I've just heard so many people like, if you love what you do, it's so natural and it just becomes like who you are. Not that you're a dieter, but you you know what I mean? Like you're wanting to help people. So there are so many people, especially, okay, we're the beginning of 2021. There's a lot of new year's resolutions that are going out there right now. It has been this American culture. I can't say it's true of every culture. You know, I don't, I don't know a lot of China. I'm Chinese. So I don't know, like, we don't really think of new year's resolutions. That's not what we focus on when we think of like, like the year um, or spring festival when we think of renewal, but you know, at least for American culture, it is very much like, what are you going to do that's different? And it's like the structural mentality. So people kind of get stuck in this cycle of like this roller coaster yo-yo effect of dieting. So why do you think people do? Hmm. You know, that's a really great question. And so, so timely that we are speaking about this now at the start of the new year without, without a doubt. Um, You know, people really fall prey to the marketing messages that are out there, especially around New Year's, right? New Year, new you, and and lots of different diet programs that are marketed now to that promise you, you know, hey, lose 30 pounds in 30 days or drop a dress size in a weekend or, you know, six weeks too. I mean, none of it's very tempting. And if somebody has been working hard to lose weight and to change their body and has not been successful, these new marketing messages, especially in this new year, is going to sound very tempting because most of the time they're short term. You know, okay, I could I could do that for 30 days or I could do that for six weeks. Um, and then what? You know, a lot of times people will say, how long do I have to do this for? And then they kind of go back to their old habits, right? Um, a lot of times they fall prey to it because not only is it so tempting and there's that desire for changing their body has been so, so strong, again, because of the messages that society gives us, we live in a diet culture. Um, you know, sometimes like, I don't have to make any decisions. Just tell me what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat. I, I, and I don't have to make any food decisions, which is so much easier for me, right? But in the end, that backfires. Um, so, you know, I do believe that people in this day and age realize that diets don't work, but I think that, well, I should say they don't work long-term because even if you can successfully lose weight on a diet, we know from the research that that is short-term weight loss. 95 to 97% of people will regain that weight and one-third to two-thirds regain it back plus more. So yes, there may be somebody that you know that's lost weight and kept it off. So that three to 5%, honestly, they've been shown to keep that weight off through various types of disordered eating behaviors. So we know 
most people, at least that are in touch with me, they know diets don't work, but it's a safety net for them. And they really just don't know what else to do. So they fall really? back diet after diet after diet. And that roller coaster keeps on going. And now in this new year, I want to help as many people as possible just stop that roller coaster. It's not a fun ride anymore. So what kind of, what do you want people to know about is the key to, okay, we, we have this cultural mentality. We have like marketing messages, whether it's social media, TV, radio, selling gym memberships. That's always huge. How many people are really at the gym in like November, (laughs) you know, Um, like, and why are you at the gym? So like for me as a former athletic trainer, you know, I, I always had people who like, especially young high school athletes, because that's what I was. I was a head athletic trainer for high school and the coaches, I remember the volleyball coaches wanted me to teach the kids diet and nutrition. So I put out a whole platter of like regular everyday foods that they would have not even thought about was like for a diet because we know this mentality of have to isn't going to necessarily fit with you culturally. So what do you want people to know about, like is the key for like losing weight and dieting? What are some of the biggest mistakes people make? Well, well, first I really want to share an important message and that is there's no form of dieting that is going to help you lose weight and keep it off. Like I said, a few minutes ago, I gave you some stats. What I want you to know is that when you develop trust with yourself and food, you can break free of dieting and live your life to the fullest. So it's really about trust because dieting strips you of the trust that you have in yourself Mm. and the choices, the food choices that you make because you don't listen to yourself. You're listening to what others tell you. And actually, I'll lead that into what you asked me a, a second part of the question is what are the common mistakes people make? Well, one of those mistakes is that they're stuck in this diet mentality. So I mentioned this word diet mentality earlier. Basically, what that means is, you know, you have a list of foods that you can label this list. You can head up the labels as can have or can't have, should or shouldn't, allowed or not allowed, legal, illegal, whatever you name these lists of foods. And that's what guides your eating. And what happens when you have a trigger? Could be a situational trigger, could be emotional trigger. And all of a sudden, because you have conditions placed on these foods, those foods have more power now. They've been elevated. Mm -hmm. And you have that trigger and you're like, I really want that Oreo. (laughs) I mean, fill in the blank. It could be ice cream, it could be chocolate, right? But I'm going to go with an Oreo. (laughs) You know, I really want that Oreo. And and you're like, I'm just going to have it. I'm just going to have it. I need it. And then you have one and then it's like, I'm just going to have one more. And you're eating it so fast. You don't really even taste it because your mind is saying you should be eating this. Right. And so then at that point, you start making yourself a promise. And I'm like, all right, let me just finish it off. Let me get rid of it. Let me get it out of the house. And I promise I'm going to start again tomorrow or I'm going to start again on Monday. Right. If this resonates with anybody, that means you have a diet mentality. I don't say that to make you feel bad or anything, God forbid, no, but it's just to help you understand that that is the mindset of a dieter. And when you're stuck in the mindset of a dieter, it's very hard for you to move away from dieting, even when you know that it just hasn't worked for you long-term. So that's the first piece, really helping you shift out of that diet mentality. 
Now, the second mistake that I see most people make who are stuck on this roller coaster is that they put their self-care on the back burner. Now, I work with both men and women, but specifically for the women that I work with, there's, they have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of responsibilities, right? And, you know, maybe you're um, a wife, maybe you're a mom, a sister, a daughter, whatever your roles are, it's everybody else's needs come before mine. And what happens when you want to tend to other people's needs, because you're just, that's your, what you feel your role is. What happens? Your needs go on the back burner and then you are much more um, influenced by the media messages, for example, of, hey, new year, new you, follow this diet. Which, <laughs> by the way, a lot of these diets that are being marketed now are just old diets that are repackaged with new bells and whistles and shiny things to kind of get you in, right? So you're much more tempted to that. So if your basic needs of self-care aren't being met, basic needs like you're not getting enough sleep, you're not nourishing yourself, you don't have enough fun in your life, you know, it's all work, no play, you're taking care of everybody else but yourself, it's much more of a possibility that you're going to be influenced into some of these media messages. And even maybe your friends or your family that's saying, oh, I'm going to start this new diet. You want to start it with me? Because everybody wants a partner, right? Mm -hmm. So putting your self-care, moving it from the back burner to the front burner is really very important. And then the third most common mistake that people make is what I started to reference before, is you're not listening to your own inner body wisdom as your guide to eating. Mm. You're listening to food rules, diet rules, the rules of the diets, you know, whether that be, you know, a formal diet company, whether that be a book, the newest diet book that's come out, whether it be a guru on the internet, it doesn't matter. If anybody else is telling you, eat this, don't eat that, eat at this time, how much to eat, right? That Those are all rules external to your body. But here's the thing, you were born with the inner wisdom. You were born being able to say, hey, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat now. Oh, I'm satisfied, I'm going to stop now. Think back to when you were a baby or if you have children and the baby cried and the baby, and you knew like, oh, that's, a tired cry, that's a dirty diaper cry, that's a hunger cry, right? The baby is communicating to you through crying. The baby then begins to eat and then baby starts to push away. I'm done. Sometimes, <laughs> right, right? It's innate, they know. But what happens is sometimes you have a well-meaning parent or caregiver who says, oh, no, 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 you didn't eat enough. And they push the breast or the bottle or the spoon back in their mouth. And what message is that giving to this little baby? Huh, mm -hmm. I can't trust the signals my body's giving me. Even as a baby, this is what yeah. happens. And then <laughs> further and further away, from your own inner wisdom. And then as you get into the cycle of dieting, you get further and further and further away. Oh, for us, like growing up, probably because my parents were in poverty growing up. And, um, and that's why my parents are professional chefs. Because when they moved to America, they said, no matter what, it does not matter how much the meal costs. I remember my parents saying this over and over again. It does not matter how much the meal costs per person as long as it tastes good. Mm. 
And for us, Taste Good wasn't necessarily desserts or something. It was like luxury foods, like king crab, prime rib, you know, like, and because they did not want us to starve. I remember as a kid, we'd go to Sam's Club and load up the shopping cart. My mom would say, pick whatever you want. Do you know what we put in there as high schoolers? case of red vines, you know, goldfish crackers, like whatever junk. Yeah, my sister and I were athletes, but we, we were like, what? She's like, just load it up. And she didn't even tell us what to eat. Now, my parents didn't eat like that, mm-hmm. but they just had this the scarcity mindset of like, we have to give our children the opportunity to have abundance in, in food because we lived in poverty, you know? And so, and then as a college student, then my aunts and uncles, whenever I ate somewhere, we went to dim sum. Dim sum is full of fried, fatty, high carb foods. We don't normally eat that at home. We eat actually pretty healthy, but, um, it was just like, they would just keep putting more on your plate, keep putting more on your plate. You're growing, you're growing. I'm like, I'm 21. I'm like, not going to grow anymore. (laughs) Anymore, Right. Right. So it's like that pressure, like when you're a baby and then that pressure of like, while you're developing and that peer pressure and what you see your friends eat in the cafeteria in middle school or whatever. Yeah. It's like all around us. So can you tell me a little bit more about intuitive eating? I've had friends who are like, you're going to have a podcast about intuitive eating. Who said that? I'm like, oh, let me tell you. (laughs) <laughs> like this has been a thing for millennia. We just didn't give it a name. Mm. And when you think about it, think about all the cultures in the world. They ate what was there and what naturally, you know, felt right. Just like a horse or a caribou is just going to eat what they need to eat. They're not going to go off and eat something like crazy and exotic, like a cat or something. You know what I mean? Like something that's totally not part of who they are, but we ourselves have such diversity in our diets and our availability that we've like lost touch with our innate senses of intuitive eating. So could you explain like how you learned about intuitive eating? Like what, what is intuitive eating? Mm -hmm. Right. So intuitive eating, I mean, we can go, we can scratch the surface, we can go deep, but you know, on the surface, intuitive eating is eating based on your physiological need to eat. So based on hunger and fullness, not based on situations you're in, not based on emotions that you're feeling. It is built in a self-care framework. So it's really about eating to your needs. It's, it's, it's listening to that innate wisdom. When I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. When I'm satisfied, I'm going to stop. It's not having conditions on your foods. It's not eating for emotional reasons, right? It's really eating for physical reasons. And it's really about being able to rely on those inner signals to guide the eating. And by the way, It's about hunger, it's about fullness, but it's also about satisfaction. Your body gives you amazing messages and Mm -hmm. people just don't listen to the messages. So the messages of, yes, hunger and fullness come, excuse me, but also the messages of, hey, what do I really want to eat right now? Like if you stop and listen, your body's actually telling you. And if you're dieting, you're not listening. You're not listening to the signals because there are rules around when to eat. You're not listening to the what you want to eat based on what your body is telling you because you're looking at, well, what does the diet plan tell me to eat now? 
right? And you're not really listening to the, how much does my body really want to eat because you're weighing and measuring based on the calculations of the diet or the app. See what I'm saying, mm-hmm. right? So intuitive eating is coming back to a place where you're hearing all these amazing messages your body's giving you and you're learning to respond to them. And that is really bringing you back to the way you were born. And I always tell people, look, yes, you've been dieting for years, maybe even decades. And you're going to tell me, I don't hear my belly telling me that I'm hungry, except when I'm ravenous, which is the very classic of people who've been dieting. They don't hear that very gentle hunger. They only hear like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. I have to eat, right? (laughs) But the whole idea is that the intuitive eater is still within you. It's just buried under years of dieting. And so once we work on dismantling the diet culture messages and help mindset of that dieting world, then you'll be able to ignite those inner signals and you'll bring it back to the surface again. Yeah. I had, um, a self conversation, um, one day and I was working and I was busy and I kept craving like beans. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I was like, why do I want to eat beans? That's so weird. And Mm -hmm. so then I was like, Oh, maybe I want a taco. And I was like, I don't need to eat tacos. I don't really feel like a taco, but why do I want beans? Why do I want a taco? And I was like, maybe I need nachos. And I was like, I don't really need nachos. Like who needs nachos? And then I thought to myself, what about chili cheese fries? And I'm trying to think about what I was going to have for lunch and chili cheese fries. I'm like, well, I don't really need chili cheese fries. You know, I don't need fries. I'm not craving potatoes. So then I started thinking about all the connectivities of that common food that it was. And it turned out that it was a tomato. And I was like, once I, I like the light switch came on, I'm like, all those foods have in common tomatoes. Hmm. And I was like, so I just went to the grocery store. I bought a tomato. I ate the tomato at home and some other like I don't even know what it was, but I know what really like satisfied me was eating that tomato. Like I didn't even care about eating like a piece of bread. I don't even know what else I ate with it, but I knew instantly once I ate the tomato, my mind was like stopped searching for a craving, I guess you you would say. And it sounds so weird, but if we can try to like figure out the why and then, and then figure out like the connections of what that is. And, and listen to the why, then maybe, you know, that's what our body is telling us that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were also saying about how we can get off this cycle of not dieting again. So could you help us figure out how, you know, the mindset, the mentality, what, what is it that we need to do in order to not diet, like restrict ourselves to a diet? The very first thing is to commit to living diet free. It's not necessarily going to be an easy journey if you've been dieting for many years. Even if you know that dieting doesn't work, it's really scary to not diet again. Let's face it. And I'm sure anybody listening who has a history of dieting can understand what I say, where it's it's a scary thing to say, I'm not going to diet again, because there's a lot of fears that come up. But the very first thing you do want to do is recognize that diets just don't work. They haven't worked. And if they haven't worked all this time, they're not going to work, right? So commit to not dieting again and commit to learning how to trust in yourself and trust your body. And I take my clients through 
six steps, really one step at a time to get there. Now I mentioned before, and you asked, so, you know, how do we do that? It really revolves around this concept of trust. So I just want to go back into that because I think it's so very important. When you aren't listening to your own body's needs and you're relying on those external sources to guide that and your decisions around food, you absolutely lose the trust in yourself to be able to make those decisions for yourself. So you're losing trust in your food choices. You're losing trust in your body. Like, is your body really able to, you know, perform for you? So the first thing we have to do is really regain what I call mind trust. And that is throwing out all the diet rules. That is really identifying the limiting beliefs that you hold and bust through the mental blocks that might be holding you a prisoner to the diet. So this is mm. really number one. Part of that is really being able to um, engage in that self-compassion that is so very important because people who are dieters, they're really good at beating themselves up, right? Really mm. good at beating themselves up. The, the, the nasty things that play in the head. And so we delve into the inner critic and the inner, you know, that inner voice that, that shoots you down every turn, right? So we work with self-compassion and kindness and work on really shifting out of that diet mentality. The other trust that we want to regain is what I call hunger trust. Hunger trust is helping you to really be able to distinguish the type of hunger your body is, is speaking to you, meaning we have a physical hunger and we have emotional hunger. So being able to distinguish between the two and know how we manage each. So if it's a physical hunger, how do we manage it? We nourish ourselves. If it's an emotional hunger, what do we need in that moment, mm. right? Because food isn't usually what we need when it's an emotional hunger. And then finally, the third pillar of trust is food trust. And that is you having the trust that you're making food and nutrition decisions that are unique for you, that feel right for you. And there's lots of things out there on the internet, lots of nutrition guidelines. And the goal is to be able to hear what's out there, analyze that, and then experiment and say what feels right for me, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Making that decision because you're in the driver's seat. So that is really the process of regaining trust in these three areas that will help you break free of dieting and really have trust in yourself and, and just enjoy food again and just live your life and do all the things that you haven't been able to do because dieting has held you back. Yeah. And I think one of the, also the biggest reasons is like, why are you dieting? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of my friends are like, what do you mean? Like, why am I dieting? It's not even like, uh, they don't even think about that anymore. And for me, I'm so glad to have met you because like, I feel like the majority of my life, granted, I was, you know, a kid, a teenager and such. So I just ate like whatever was junk food, but I've never been on a diet. I refuse to be on a diet other than in my nutrition class in college. I, I had a problem consuming enough calories because I didn't have time to eat with 19 credits and practicing two hours a day for my athletic of sport that, you know, with balance and work and everything, I, 
I got to a point where my body was like, you are not going to survive if you don't consume enough calories. And that had happened. I I like almost blacked out five times in one day. And I was like, okay, Mm. time to consume more calories. And it wasn't just the calories. It was like, I'm just not inputting what I'm outputting. But I just love how, you know, you're calling it intuitive eating. I never knew what it was called. I always told people, I just eat whatever I feel like. And I just, maybe it's because I don't like people telling me what to do. I don't want to read a book that says eat according to your blood type. I'm like, I don't even have the time for that. And it's so freeing not having to worry or plan about what I'm going to eat other than what do I feel like eating and what's certain things that I do plan is like when I know certain things are happening in my schedule and I'm going to have a lot greater energy output and or mental energy output. And so I'm like, okay, what are you going to put in yourself? So you're prepared. So you don't get sick. You don't get burned out. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. also blending that with like what you, you do, like the nutritional aspects, we know what certain things do for the most part, we know what certain things do, but it's like implementing them into everyday thinking of, right. of life, of living. Look, so nutrition I, is really very important. I don't want anybody to think that nutrition is not important. I mean, you know, I am a registered dietitian. It was my first degree. So nutrition is key. But the problem is when somebody has been dieting for so long, they hear even nutrition guidelines that are reasonable for our health. They hear them as rules all wrapped up in the food police mm-hmm. around this is what I should do to lose weight. And um, that's the problem. So when when somebody is is really looking to break free of the dieting, we start with mindset. We then move into igniting the signals and then learning to trust and making peace with food. And we really come all the way back around to the, to nutrition. By the time we talk about nutrition, then people are now hearing the guidelines mm-hmm. from the intuitive eater's ear, not a dieter's ear. Because if I start working with somebody who's been dieting for a long time and I start to say, okay, so you know, this is how it would be great if you balanced your plate with nutrient-rich foods. They're hearing this as rules. Go mm-hmm. back to my first story when you asked how I got into this. And I said, well, yeah, in my early years, I would create meal plans for people. Again, well-balanced meals, rich nutri- nutrient-rich foods and so forth. But because they were dieters and everything was focused around, am I going to lose weight? They heard it as rules and it wasn't sustainable. So nutrition is very important. And I do nutrition education mm-hmm. with every client, but we have to really assess when is the right time to discuss the nutrition piece. Yeah. It's it's almost like a higher level of thinking because nutrition is in everything, whether it's not a good food or a good food, there's nutrients in mixed in, in all of those things. And it's just understanding the way that we think our mindset, our routine. So for me, like, I guess my diet would be like, what am I going through? And what kind of nutrients do I need to be able to perform every day? Mm -hmm. And, and so that's what I think of is the nutrition, nutrition part of it and not, you know, lose weight. Like I am not motivated by losing weight. Um, I have gained a lot of weight over COVID, but that's not what it is. It's how it makes me feel. And with the sensitive GI system, um, Mm -hmm. like with 
I've had issues since I was a kid. There's a lot of foods that don't make me feel good. So then I just kind of stay away from them because it's how it makes me feel. Just kind of like the nutrients input. It makes you feel good when you have good nutrients and you feel more motivated. So Bonnie, you have like a lot of resources out there. You've written books. How can people connect with you? So my website for everything intuitive eating is dietfreeradiantme.com. I've got blogs and videos there. I also invite everybody into my free Facebook group. It's a private closed group and you can access that at intuitiveeatinggroup.com. So if you want to come join us there, we've got some daily posts. I do a live training every Wednesday. So that's intuitiveeatinggroup.com. We'll take you straight to that Facebook group. Again, it's free. And my book, Enjoying Food Peace, you know, I'm sorry, I don't have it here to show you, but um, Enjoying Food Peace is a cookbook that I've written with intuitive eating wisdom sprinkled throughout, and that is available on Amazon. And um, what else can I share? I mean, I have a free gift. If anybody's interested in a download, I can offer your listeners a download. It's my ebook, Six Steps to a Body You Love Without Dieting. And that really gives you a bit of an overview about the six steps that I take my clients through. And it has places for you to journal. And you can access that at dietfreezone.com. I know there's a lot of links that I'm sharing with you. So maybe you can note these in the, you know, in the show notes. Um, But dietfreezone.com will give you a free download intuitiveeatinggroup.com will take you straight to my free Facebook group and my website, dietfreeradiantme.com. I will be having some, um, you know, I will be having a a free challenge coming up February 1st. So definitely somehow, um, you know, download the book or join the Facebook group so you can be uh, notified of when we're going to be doing that. It'll be end the yo-yo dieting, five days to end yo-yo dieting. And it's going to be amazing. I'm putting them in the in the comments right now for any okay. of those of you watching. So February 1st is a free challenge, right? February 1st. Yep. I haven't, I actually, you guys are the first to know about it. <laughs> I haven't told anybody about it yet. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, the Facebook page that you listed there, that's my business page. But if you want the private Facebook group, you can just go to intuitiveeatinggroup.com. I made an easy link to drive people, or you can just go to Facebook and search, um, you know, my name or, um, you know, it's called Intuitive Eating for a Diet-Free Life Facebook group. Okay, I'm just going to put like Intuitive Eating Group in private Facebook group. So that's something they can search for? They can search for that, sure. Okay, awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Thank you so much, Bonnie, for being our special podcast guest. I'm sure a lot of people will be thinking about what this actually means to be listening to themselves and to break free of the restrictions that they have, like finding the freedom in eating food in a healthy way, especially for the new year. And I really appreciate your time. I'm so glad you're able to come on here. Again, everyone in the show notes, there are the links to her free resource, to her website, and where else to find her. So we, even though we're a tea podcast, remember, it's all about holistic living. It's not just taking tea as a substance for health benefits, but why are you truly 
drinking that tea. Just like, why are you really eating that food? Why are you feeling the way that you do? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you stressed? And so that's why you grab the Oreo, you have a bag of Oreos in the car that are hidden in the glove compartment just in case. Like, why do you even do that? So, and is it bad to really just have one Oreo, if it's really one Oreo, right? So thank you everyone for joining us. We really hope you take part in making a better you and a better future. And we hope you join us for the next episode of the Essence of Tea podcast. By the way, if you want to learn more about the health benefits of tea, join us for our Essential Immune Boosting Tea Workshop. We're opening it up February 25th and 26th. It includes six sessions and all the teas you need to get started. It's only $97, so sign up today at sippingstreams.com because you don't want to miss this amazing opportunity.